Welcome back, everybody, to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. How are you? Thanks for joining us on this Thursday. We have a great show for you today. We're going to get a little deep. We're going to talk about uh, the theme or trope of found family in Star Wars that we've seen from the prequel trilogy, original trilogy, animated and sequel trilogy, and beyond in Star Wars. And we're going to have a... I think it's going to be a good discussion on that because that's a really important thing to a lot of people and a big, big part of Star Wars storytelling that doesn't get talked about a lot. Uh, but it uh, was also a very big part of the most recent movie. So it's something to really get into. Um, but uh, Lacey and James are with me as always. Uh, make This is our last show before Make Solo 2 Happen Day, Lacey. Mm-hmm. How, is it he- how is it here already? Our, the third in our trilogy of Make Solo 2 Happen Days <laughs> is is coming up in four days. Are you are you pumped? How are you feeling? Yeah, I love Make Solo 2 Happen Day. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm really excited to do the live show, which we haven't, I don't think, done, we haven't done it before, so that's cool. We did a live thing last For year. For Celebration uh, was like the first one. Yeah. Didn't we do a live thing For after Solo Make Solo 2 Happen September. Day last year? Mm. We might have done a uh, virtual cantina, but not a live show. Mm-hmm. yeah true yeah i'm excited for it so 8 30 uh right here on our youtube channel youtube.com slash star wars news videos 8 30 east uh monday night we're gonna celebrate the day make solo to happen day it's gonna be a great live show we hope you join us in the live chat uh so you know i know you're gonna be tired your thumbs are gonna be tired from tweeting all day that <laughs> hashtag and stuff you can put the phone down for a little bit and join us as we celebrate our love for Solo, because the one thing I got to take away from those days, James, is uh, sometimes fans can get a little spicy with Star Wars on Twitter, but Make Solo 2 Happen Day is like always a throwback. It always feels like everyone just kind of comes together. And if you don't like Solo, you kind of you, you let people have their thing. And but most people seem to really come together and have a good time on those days. Huh? Yeah, especially since people come out of the woodworks like I, I see a lot of like solos trending. Why? But. Might as well yeah. join, you know, like a lot of people that don't know that it exists or anything. And that's like, I mean, that that's good for us, but I think it's more good for the fact that, you know, Solo has a bad reputation and people wouldn't be coming out of the woodwork saying like, oh, I'm not the only one if they, you know, if it didn't have this kind of like odd reputation that like you shouldn't talk about how you like it, you know? Right. And I think that's really yeah. cool that, you know, the people who listen to our show and who do spread the word and do that thing during that day allow those people to kind of be aware that they're not the only ones who really enjoyed that yeah. movie or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Solo so there it is, folks. Make Solo 2 happen. Uh, we are releasing a brand new shirt on that day. Ooh. Never tell us the odds. Uh, so if you want to pick that up, it's not a, just a one time thing, but we are putting it out that day. And uh, we're really excited about that. But again, most importantly, there's going to be no new TRB episode that morning. So don't go looking for it or asking us what happened. Uh, it's it's uh, just we want to have the day for celebrating Solo. And then again, that night doing the live show at 830. But, uh, so we look forward to that. Get ready. Hashtag make Solo 2 happen. And hopefully just by default, it's the last time we have to do it because maybe <laughs> they, they do it. So who knows? But What would you do if they uh, announced but- that on that day? <laughs> on that uh, day. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We, we'd have to change it to Made Solo 2 happen immediately. We're could, just like, uh, oh. Could, could yeah. you imagine that, like, their plan was to do it, like, the 25th or something? And then they're like, oh, should we just do it today? <laughs> the, the one thing, the one thing that 
like if if they wanted to like combat it like imagine they put out like a huge announcement that day just to combat it because they know about mm-hmm. it by now and they're hearing that it's happening again so who knows but we're we're hopefully it's just us last year we were the number one trending topic besides memorial day and it was on memorial day so we beat terminator uh, yeah that was the first year we yeah we beat terminator yeah. uh dark fate yeah we beat the trailer for terminator <laughs> yes i think la- the first year it was number the number three topic last year would have been number one but we didn't realize we planned it on Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Memorial Day always gets the hashtag. So uh, this year, we're, we're looking for number one. Let's get maybe 40,000 tweets. We'll see. But join us. Uh, all you have to do is hashtag use it on Monday if you love Solo. If you don't, that's cool. Don't worry about it. All right. Last thing before we get going on the show here. If you enjoy our podcast and what we do here at TRB, please consider supporting us by becoming a patron. Uh, your support lets us not only keep doing what we do, but will allow us to achieve things that we have goals for in the future, which leads to bigger and better content for you to enjoy from the three of us. So to check out how to support us, just go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast and check out our tier options. We really appreciate all of your support. And to show how much we appreciate your support, we have a ton of exclusive content on that page as well. And just so you know, we have a lot of big upgrades coming for that in June. So we're letting Makes a Little Too Happen Day come because we've been very busy planning for that. And then in June, we have some really exciting stuff coming uh, to, to, to that page. So if you're not a patron yet, this is probably a good time to sign up. Right, guys? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now it's time for the show. You're like, all right, John, just come on. Let's go. <laughs> we need the will of the force. Come on. So the will of the force, James Bainey, Chira Dimway. Let's go. I fear nothing for all this as the force wills it. Uh, Well, speaking of Patreon, another perk that you get for being a patron is being able to submit topics to this segment, Will of the Force. Uh, So we asked a couple people if they wanted, or or we asked them to submit their questions or whatever, and we took a couple out of there. Um, That is, of course, if you're a $5 patron or up. So um, if you want to join at that level, you can start submitting questions to Will of the Force. Um, The first one, uh, Patreon submission is from General Darth Hurricane. And Darth Hurricane himself wanted to know, uh, <laughs> will we ever see any Star Wars Disney Plus shows on ABC, perhaps the season or series premiere the night it debuts in Disney Plus? Lacey, I'm starting with you on this one. What do you think? I'm going to say no. I think that they really want to drive people to Disney Plus, and I don't see them doing that crossover because it they then have to... I don't think it's going to drive the same amount of people to Disney Plus than saying, hey, from the beginning, you need to sign up. Because mm-hmm. if they just show you something, they'll be like, okay, that was okay, but I don't want to pay for it. I think they're always going to drive people to Disney Plus. Same with, you don't see stuff from Netflix going on TV. So I'm going to say, no, we will not. John, what do you think? I agree. We just saw Disney Plus pass 103 subscribers. And uh, it's not in need of any sort of crutch for their programming. So there's really no leverage need for Disney to make a move like that to lure people. Mandalorian did incredible numbers. And I'm sure whatever uh, series, I mean, Obi-Wan's going to be just WandaVision has done crazy too, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And Loki's going to be big. So I don't think it's one of those things where they feel like they need to do that. So I agree with Lacey. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. So whether or not you're on Disney Plus, and that's a bummer answer for you, Darth Hurricane, but... Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Like the old days with uh, the ABC 
you know, Sunday night Disney movies. I don't think they're going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think they will either. Um, I think what this question kind of comes from is obviously Disney and ABC are own, you know, it's it's the same thing. Um, or I, I should say, you know, ABC is owned by Disney. Um, the, the thing with me probably comes from the Marvel aspect of like, they were showing, they had Marvel TV shows on ABC, but I think all of that was like before a, before Disney yeah. plus. And so you're talking like agents of shield. Yeah. And yeah. I think there was another one too. Well, there was daredevil and all that other stuff, but that, that wasn't on ABC, but like they, I think they moved all of this concept over to Disney plus. So that about wraps that up. Um, I don't see it not being possible like years down the line that they'd put a Star Wars show on ABC, but not like Mandalorian level at, at all. No, I think that needs to be exclusively on Disney Plus. Um, and the advertisements alone through ABC, you know, ABC every Sunday night, like check out the Mandalorian, it's coming, check out the Mandalorian, <laughs> you know, that is enough to drive people to Disney Plus without needing to actually show an episode. Um, yeah. All right, let's move on to this next question here. Uh, will Liam Neeson be a surprise guest at an Obi-Wan Kenobi panel at Star Wars Celebration? John, I think you maybe hinted at he this. He brought little, this on uh, Monday. A little bit, so I have a feeling I <laughs> might know what you think. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, what, what do you say here? I, I think so, yeah, because I, I don't see in, in any situation where this series is going to come out before Celebration next year. So I think they may even do a, a panel dedicated just for kenobi and uh it'll be a, the worst kept secret but i think they'll say uh you know and there's someone else that uh we haven't seen in a long time and he'll come walking out on stage or he'll pop up on screen first and they'll think he's only via satellite and then he'll come out or something they'll do it in a good way because i don't know that he's shown up at fan events for star wars in some time if at all and it seems like he's getting back into things showing his lightsaber on kimmel and that sort of thing. And I think, again, in terms of worst kept secrets, we all assume he's going to be in this series. So I think he's going to show up, uh, whether he's announced to have been in the show or not, or maybe that's the reveal that he's going to be in. But I think it'd be a big missed opportunity if Liam Neeson doesn't get a chance, especially if he's in the show, which he's going to be in the show. <laughs> Lacey, what do you think? This is a tricky question because they love surprises. But they also love surprises within the show, whether it be Luke Skywalker or Ahsoka or anything like that. You know, they could have, although we didn't have a panel for Mandalorian season two, so that's a little different. But I mean, there are plenty of opportunities where they could have had surprises like for Rise of Skywalker. They could have brought out Mark Hamill. They could have brought out, you know, Ian McDermott during the panel. They waited till after. So it's tricky, but... I feel like that is one of those moments that they're going to want kind of getting people hyped for. But at the same time, I guess I question, would it ruin the show if they let people know that he's coming back, even though it's kind of an obvious thing? <laughs> like, would that ruin yeah. the surprise, which is what they want? They want that trending surprise at 3 a.m. that people are trending Liam Neeson and Qui-Gon. Like, they're not going to get that. I mean, they'll still probably get it, but mm -hmm. <sighs> this is tricky. I'm going to say Yes. Yeah, sure. I think they will. I think based on what John said that they like surprises and he hasn't been at an event. So this would be a perfect example. They could have brought him out for Phantom Menace and they didn't. Um, this would be a good example of bringing him out right at the end to give him that moment that he deserves. Hmm. 
Yeah. It's interesting because I neither one of you changed my mind. I think no. <laughs> There's also here here's the yeah. other thing, Devil's Advocate. This is why I like in the middle, Devil's Advocate. They have so many people announced for this cast, they could bring out the whole cast and not him, and it would still be a stacked panel. Yeah. I I feel like most people won't care until they see Liam Neeson. So maybe. Yeah, maybe. No, I think yeah, I think that'll be fine. I don't forget too, all they have to do is bring out Ewan and Hayden. And that's it. And that's the that's the panel and that's good that's, enough. That's what I was thinking initially, is just those two, but Yeah, and right, I, and I right. think you guys are right on the sense that that bringing out Liam Neeson at that point spoils the spoils the moment he shows up for surely like one episode, one small segment. It's not like he's going to be in the show. Um, and I don't, I think this is the first time I've been literally straddling both answers on really? the show. And I like, can't really connect with one because I'm just well, stuck. James, yeah. can I, can I ask you guys this honest question? If he, if we, if it doesn't get confirmed and he pops up in the show, are you going to be like, Oh my God. Or are you gonna be like, there it is. Like the Leo thing. <laughs> I, me and you, and you know, like I think. A lot of us see it coming, but I bet there are just so Normal many fans, people like the are gonna watch the show. It's yeah. literally never even popped in their head. And then like as soon as they see it, they're gonna realize it. But like I think our level of expectations for the show, like we just we we speculate about everything. So a lot of those things make are a you, lot of sense to us. Are you telling me that every Star Wars fan is listening to Star Wars podcasts? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Um but I, I also think that um, now that celebration has been moved, it, it started me thinking about um, Book of Boba Fett coming out at the end of this year, and then Mandalorian season three coming out in the spring, and them leaning into that. And this is the first time we would get Kenobi footage. And that's the other thing. Great point, James. It depends what they're looking to push at the show because mm-hmm. that will determine who shows up. An example is in 2016 Europe. They were really pushing Rogue One, rightfully sh- rightfully so. But that's why they didn't have a Last Jedi panel. That's why they didn't have, you know, Daisy Ridley come out and stuff. Because they were really pushing Rogue One. And they only had a little thing for Solo as part of a bigger future of film thing. <laughs> they just had him come out. It wasn't like a big panel about it. Yeah. But uh, they had the huge Rogue One panel with the full cast and everything. And like the trailer and all that stuff. But yeah. I remember someone from Lucasfilm telling me, oh, well, we're focusing on that, which is very similar to how they handled Bad Batch on May 4th. Mm-hmm. Like, it really depends on what they're looking to push, which I think is what you were trying to say, James, which I totally agree with. Yeah, I yeah, I think it, I think it kind of comes down to, like, when... We don't know when they're going to release Andor, and we don't know when they're going to release Kenobi, but in, in the vein of, like, how they did it before, where you have, like, four days, and every day kind of has, like, a big main panel or whatever, it yep. makes sense yep. that Kenobi would be one of those, and that Andor would be one of those, and one day right after the other, those could be your your first, like, big looks or trailers or something like that, and they're just going to lead with that. Liam Neeson showing up is really cool, but they don't need it, and it takes away the surprise. They might the do show. a block panel for Disney Plus series, Mandalorian by itself, but they might do a block where they do, you know, updates on Obi-Wan, Cassian, uh, Ahsoka. Oh. They might. They've done block panels for Marvel shows. They've I, done it for other stuff he, where they have segments for 20 minutes about those shows, and then they show out, you though. something, and they move on. Kenobi, the other's fine. Kenobi... I don't think there's any way they're not giving Ewan McGregor his own his full hour. Panel. I agree with you. Yeah. I'm just 
talking both sides here. They no, could I, do I know, the panel. and I it depends. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, yeah, flipping. We speculated right. that that there would be a television panel last yeah. August. You know, yep. so I think that's where you're going with that, Lacey. Um, mm-hmm. But now I just think the more we know about the shows and stuff, just I, I think it makes more sense. They might sense get that, their own. Yeah, yeah. that the, the ones that they're going to focus on coming up at the end of the year are more likely going to get full on hour long panels. Or funny it like really the... depends what panels on that Friday. That's what they're looking to push because they need to make press deadlines because mm-hmm. they don't put the big stuff on the weekends. The the surprise guest for the Kenobi panel is just Thursday, the Lars sorry, Hol- Thursday, Friday. The Lars Homestead hut and they just reel it out there. <laughs> Like there it is. There's the the right. blue. Well, we got another uh, uh, resistance officer who wanted to know uh, something. Uh, Commander Jay MacArthur uh, sent us the question: Will we lose any of the members of the Clone Force ninety nine, aka the Bad Batch, this season? Um, James, know, you answer this, this first? first. You want me to take it first? Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think so. I think if you are going to lose any members of them, you're going to lose it, lose them in later seasons. I think they want that first season to be uh, a heck of a lot of fun. Um, we're we're going to get into another question here about how long we think the show is going to go, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to kill off any characters um, in that first season. No, John, what do you think? I agree. They won't. You Simple don't? as that. Yeah. I just, no, I just I don't see that happening. And if they do, like you, I'm echoing everything you said. Echo. Ha! Right. <laughs> uh, at the end of the series, um, maybe like Crosshair gets killed, or I don't know something, or he like redeems himself. Like, oh yeah, this is my boy, the Bad Batch. I'm not bad anymore. And yeah, like, I I kind of nice. think that's possible. I think if someone was gonna die, I, I would I would bet Wrecker because he's the most innocent. Like he's the one that should the chewy die. of the group. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lacey, what do you think? I'm still saying no. No. Yeah. No. This season. Not this yeah. season. Lacey. I don't think they're gonna kill anybody this season because they want you to be happy and excited going into season two. <laughs> We've experienced so much death. Filoni, give us this. Yeah. I, I obviously <laughs> death changes. You know how we view the show and stuff. Like it's not like they won't kill a character for a kids show. But the thing is, is like I just think they want season one to be like, man, that was fun. That was a lot, that was a good time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of that, let's get on to our last question: How many seasons will the Bad Batch have? So bounce back at you, Lacey. How many? Two. Two. Any reason why? How many stories can they tell about the Bad Batch? Two. <laughs> Possibly. What do you think? Also, they did mm. resistance with two, so I just feel like two. That's and then a good we'll one. Move on to yeah. something else. Lacey or uh, John? Uh, she stole my answer. I have a saying two as well, just because I Aha. felt yes. Mm-hmm. It's cause because I'm smart. of because of resistance. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. No, no, it makes sense because I I don't know how, especially the amount of episodes. You know, sixteen episodes or whatever it is, fourteen, sixteen. You do that twice, that's a lot of Bad Bash content. Uh, so I think two seasons might be the deal. And, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be too uh, tinfoil's hats guy, but I still think there was some kind of contractual thing where Filoni needed to pump out one more animated series on his contract before he made the dive into uh, luxury automobiles and mansions in the live action world. So... I think Bad Batch might have been a part of that. So this might be his last hurrah. And they stretched out the Clone Wars a little more. 
Love the Bad Batch. I'm just saying, uh, I think two seasons might be it. They yeah. said that there are multiple seasons, though, right? They, they have, have not, not said, said that. that. No. Oh, they haven't. No. They mm. the only the closest they got to that is that they said they have an idea of when the show will end. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My my gut with this is also two. Um, and the, uh, resistance is a good answer to that. Yeah. But, uh, I also think that the idea here is that, um, you would have one really like happy season and then you would have one, uh, that wrapped up everything having to go into that story. My biggest reason, and I think contractually, I bet they have two. And then if the show is really successful, they will extend it. So I think that is, that's another option. But, That's a Netflix thing too, is they usually do two seasons. So even if the show isn't doing well, you're mm-hmm, like, oh right. well, it had two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then the other part of this that that does make me think like that it, it'll get extended or or they, it might be more than two and we're all wrong, is that I think they really like the cast, uh, and I think that part of them doing the Bad Batch in the first place was we had so much fun doing what we were doing on Clone Wars that we wanted to keep these people around and wanted to keep them involved in Lucasfilm. And so the Bad Batch exists for these these characters and these actors to keep continue to do their thing. And if that ends it, it uh, too, I don't know. But then you got Matt Lanter saying he's doing more Anakin. <laughs> Is that what you were thinking, John? No, you made me laugh by saying oh. they love this cast. And I'm like, D. Bradley Baker? <laughs> They just love they, just lo- they love him. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, but you're getting Rex and you're getting, you know, the uh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, he wait, is no, Rex. That, yeah, he is Rex. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but I mean he Echo. The one other character that he does, you're yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah, this guy. No, no, no. Hunter. That yeah. Guy. I yeah. Uh, so him right. catering. That I just guy. started thinking outside of the, the main <laughs> core, the other characters. No, I know I'm what you're man. saying. It's the same people, yeah. 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 Omega. But but not also cast. Uh, maybe I should say like the creators because obviously looks yep. the same. So the animators and the story writers and everything yeah. that has been yeah. involved. So the the crew. Athena Portillo, right? Well, is the executive producer, story person. Mm-hmm. I, I'll take your word for that. Yeah, I think I so. Know. Yeah, but pretty sure she's like Filoni's person, right hand person to do that. Yeah. So maybe get used to that name. Um, well, I hope they do multiple seasons. I, I've liked it. Yep. Well, that's it for uh, Will the Force this week. John, uh, take us into our next segment. What do we got? All right. Our discussion this week, the importance of found family in Star Wars. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Now, Star Wars is loaded with recurring storytelling themes and tropes, one of which, and one of the most powerful, is the aspect of found family. From Luke being raised by the Lars family to Ezra and the ghost crew, Han and Chewie, Rey and her found family in the sequel trilogy, uh, even Anakin, uh, moving on from his mom. Uh, Star Wars shows that family goes beyond blood and how powerful those bonds can be. So let's talk about found family in Star Wars, how important it is to the franchise and its storytelling. So, uh, I mean, I'll kick things off just by seeing how it's something they keep going to because it's a big part of George Lucas's vehicle in, in what he wanted Star Wars to be, which is that sort of coming of age. You're about to be an adult. You have choices to make. Um, and a big part of who you become and the choices you make are who you surround yourself with. 
And a lot of times in these Star Wars stories, you know, you're dealing with orphans or people whose family got uh, killed unexpectedly, and which led to them becoming orphans, runaways, you know, a lot of things like that, uh, where you have, you know, Han and Chewie, which is just like that sort of brotherly bond. And that's his family, especially after all the events of Solo. You have Anakin, who left his mom to go become a Jedi and found that family, and but then found himself... Uh, becoming too possessive and it led him down the dark side but then you have ray who found took a similar path and 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 steered toward the light so uh it's the supporting cast in that found family in these stories is obviously very important and i thought it'd be pretty cool for us to talk about this sort of thing so um lacy uh i'll start off with you when when i pitched the idea of found family um and go wherever you want with this but what was the Mm -hmm. first was there a first thing that popped in your head like a first pairing or a first you know thing in star wars or no um yeah i think this topic in particular when you when you pitched it to us it was basically the reason i got into star wars um it's that's awesome yeah it's the thing that i connected with most in star wars was this sense of someone looking for more searching for belonging figuring out where they fit into the galaxy and uh, meeting friends along the way and then finding those people that are like their people. And I've said this so many times that it's just Star Wars has brought me that. Now it's happened later in my life than most people probably that find like friends and stuff earlier, but I wouldn't change it. Um, being a part of this podcast and being a part of the Star Wars community is that found family for me that I didn't have. Um, and that was something I was searching for from learning from it learning about it from Star Wars with Luke Skywalker and Leia and Han and Chewie and that whole gang that kind of shouldn't work, but they do. Like, it's mm-hmm. like one of those weird things that you're like, none of these people at first get along, but then they figure it out and they love each other and they want to, you know, be together and do the right thing and work towards that common goal. And I just love that. So this storyline for me, I think is my favorite one in Star Wars because it's the idea of someone like a Luke or a Ray finding who they are and where they belong through other people and experiences through what other people have experienced. Because Ray wouldn't be who she is in the third film, in the sequel trilogy, if she didn't have Finn and Poe and BB-8 and Leia. Yeah. So I kind of take that to heart in a really strong way of like, I wouldn't be who I am without you guys and the people around me in the Star Wars community. So I just, I really love this trope or storyline mm-hmm. because it means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, James, you, I mean, you, you've you said, and Lacey, you need to stop right now before we get all misty-eyed in here. But <laughs> I was uh, trying to stop and you guys kept pushing me on. I was like trying to, I don't like feelings. Um, I don't like feelings. So James, <laughs> you, you've said a lot of times you're, uh, many times that your favorite character in Star Wars is Kanan Jarrus. Now that's sort of the person who took in Ezra with the ghost crew. Is that the first uh, version of this that came to mind for you or was did your mind go somewhere else? Um, well, to, actually to piggyback off that too, don't forget that he didn't have anybody before that. So finding Hera and Sabine and Chopper and Zeb was all part of that process as well. He was, he was the father figure at that point bringing in Ezra but he too went right. through that journey himself. That um, we saw yes. on the Bad Batch. <laughs> yeah, and 
Or, yeah, and then, well, the thing here, the first thing that actually did pop to mind is that in the Bad Batch, you have Omega now finding her family, and it was that common theme where, like, I was seeing a lot of people in, in the comments of uh, my reaction video and on Twitter and stuff that it's like, oh, man, this seems to be pretty common, you know, with Grogu and all this other stuff. Um, so that was actually my first thought is that this, uh, this was probably a discussion that was coming up because it seemed to be topical again, right off of bad batch kind of saying, Hey, we're going to set the precedent for this. Um, and everybody going like, man, they're doing that again. I mean, like, I'm cool with it. The dad batch. Everybody's been saying (laughs) that. Like everyone, like the Dadalorian, everyone (laughs) said that too. Um, no, I, I think uh, I think the whole found family thing is interesting, though, um, as far as like because it, it's it's more than Star Wars. It goes like really deep in why people generally find this type of a storyline interesting. And I think to me, why I would imagine people find it more interesting than like origin family, you know, is because at the end of the day, which is weird because Star Wars starts with that. You know what I mean? Star Wars kind of was like well his found family i guess is like han and leia but like his true origin of his you know family and stuff was what kind of made star wars it was and from now from that point on it always felt like it was more like um well it's like jenner so. she has her family in the beginning and then loses them and goes on mm-hmm. to find right. a different and family. I, I think what makes it interesting is that at the end of it your family like your mom and your dad or your brother or whatever are always going to be there and that's something that everybody shares but everybody also has these thoughts of like is that all i know is there more out there and then when they go out there and they discover that other people have similar thoughts, yeah, your fam your family's always going to be there, but when you you don't know that you're always going to be able to find like-minded people. So when you go out and you find that like-minded person, um all of a sudden now you have something that emotionally connects with your audience because everybody in one way or another, it doesn't even have to be like a person, it can just be like a group or a show or something like that, you have gone out on that journey and found that thing that you say, this is how I identify as what I, how I want to live my life. Like I enjoy this enough that when people, you know, talk about me, I'm going to be considered, um, uh, someone that, you know, has this, uh, same passion, if you will, you know, as these people, um, so, I, like I mean, that. that's my initial thought on, like, why people enjoy the found family thing and in all shapes and forms. There And there's there's so many ways that you can tell this story, and there's so many ways that it can go. And it also can tell you lessons through bad versions of it. And, like, so, like, what's personal for me is, like, I, for some reason, like, my parents are still together and, and all that sort of stuff, but I have, I have like, abandonment issues, and I don't know why I do, but I do. And I don't know, I've had, I've lost, you know, some friendships over time, some, you know, bad relationships that, you know, were rough and that sort of thing. But, you know, Anakin's situation always spoke to me because he was so afraid of losing Padme that it took him down that dark path. And he had this found, and it all stemmed from him losing his mom, his actual family. So he was never able to shake that. His mom's death, he's like, I I should have been there. I should have prevented her death. I'm never going to let this happen again. So he took his experience with his real family, his only family, his mom, that he lost her, 
and he held that with him forever to his new fresh start with his new found family, the Jedi, Padme, all his other you know friends through that uh, circle. And that loss from his mom leaving him and him losing her in that way, uh, never he was never able to shake that and it shaped his future forever. And he was never able to get off that path. And Palpatine honed in on that and knew it immediately and kept peppering him with that. Like, you, I can say you can save the ones you love. And he knew exactly what was going on in Anakin's head. And unfortunately, his obsession with uh, not losing Padme led to him losing her. So that's a lesson to be learned. Like sometimes you can't stop people from leaving you or people from dying or losing people. Sometimes you have to let go and just hope that they stick around. And I think that's a very important lesson. You can't clutch on to people too hard because you'll push them away. And I think that's a very, very important lesson that is, uh, you know, I don't want to do the whole negative dive in this conversation because most of this found family stuff is very good in the positive way. But this is also good, too, because you can learn a lot of lessons from Anakin's story, which is the found family, but spun a different way because of his choices. And that's the whole George Lucas thing. You're coming of age. You have a choice to make. Anakin chose the wrong way. And yes, he came around at the end when his real family came back and brought him back. But we saw what happened when he took that that dark path. And mm -hmm. of course, we obviously have plenty of examples where people... Um, got a positive result in how they handled their found family. But I think that one is very important. I think um, another thing to, to kind of piggyback a little bit on what I was saying, but just I think that sometimes the the found family aspect comes from your normal family being objectively good. Like not that everybody's situation is, but – I think just as, you know, as humans or whatever, we tend to think like our parents and other things in our family will always be there and they're always going to be on our side and take care of us, but it's the rest of the world that doesn't. And when we step into that rest of the world and we encounter the real world, the, the conflicts that come in, it's when you can sort out the good in the real world and connect with those things. And that also goes for people that in Star Wars, it tends to be that like redemption story. So I uh, Ray goes out into the world and she meets Kylo Ren. That's not good. Then by the end of it, she has found family. She's found a connection with this person that now it is very important to her, you know, that, that this person, um, I don't know, is, is around or remains or whatever. And, that, and yeah, that, that character dies, but... I think in like shows that I watch, like long form shows like Dragon Ball, for instance, like one of the things that they always do is they keep you sticking around because the villains generally down the line become heroes. And by the time you're in like, you know, way in that show, they show a big family picture of all the good guys and it's full of all the bad guys because they've become part of the family. And now, I mean, anybody who knows that show, like you can't, you can't imagine Vegeta not being a good guy, but he started as a bad guy and that's found family. He's very much important. And I, like, I think this, this concept is very, it rings true with very many people and across very many platforms. And that's why I think Star Wars hones in on it because it's just, it's so core to human existence. Yeah. I think. Yeah us as humans we we look for community and connection with others i think that's just how we're built mm -hmm. so 
the idea of being alone like a Luke or a Ray on a place that, you know, you don't feel like anything is working out and you don't feel like you belong, that you look for something more. And I think a lot of times in these Star Wars stories, you connect with that because you're like, I want to find that relationship, that friendship that will then take me to that next level of feeling of belonging and they understand me in a way no one else does. I think that's kind of what I connected with Luke in particular because I grew up on the original trilogy that I don't think I found as much in the prequel trilogy as I did in the original trilogy because I feel like that's very straightforward as like the gang is together, the gang's doing this, they're winning in the end, yay team. Um, yeah. And that's what I really connected with is because I was like, I want that. I want friends that will stick by me through thick and thin that I can fight for and uh, believe in and they'll believe in me equally. Um, so this theme is just like, <laughs> I can't get over it. Like, it's just so important to me because it's kind of ingrained in who I am because of Luke Skywalker and what he was able mm -hmm. to do by finding these people that he connected with, which... I didn't have younger, but I have it now. So it's one of those things that's just, I really like Star Wars. And this theme, <laughs> this theme is like a really good theme and why I like it. And I know people like weapons and they like lightsabers and Jedi and all this other stuff. And like, this is the reason I like And we it. do too, but yeah. yeah. No, I know. And but like, this is the main reason why I got into Star Wars. And yeah. and like a lot of these characters too, like Luke, That's even awesome. for instance, was like when he when he started off, his whole deal was that he was going to do what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Uh, you're supposed to go to the Imperial Academy, and he was going to do that. But whole he wanted thing. to go with his friends. Yeah, That's he did want to go with his friends. Yeah. But the thing is, is like ultimately he didn't end up with those friends because one thing or another, people died or people moved away or whatever. And and the way he found his path, which was completely different than what he set out to start you know mm -hmm, he he mm -hmm. said if you know i have this idea of where i want to go in my life and he got lost along the way and had to find his belonging and it was nowhere near what he thought it was going to be in fact the exact opposite side where he was trying to destroy what he thought he wanted yeah luke's luke's story is so interesting for that reason and also when you think about he has multiple variations of this. So, you know, Owen and Beru are found family as well, but it was inadvertent for Luke. Mm -hmm. he, he didn't have a choice in the matter. Mm -hmm. He was dropped off as a baby, but they looked at him as family. And we say found family, but it's still family. You don't have mm -hmm. to be blood. That's the whole purpose of this thing. You don't have to be blood connected to be family. And I know a lot of our listeners who may be adopted or they have adopted children uh, this you may get a little emotional about this uh, conversation, and I appreciate that a lot. I respect that so much. Um, but uh, Owen, Owen and Beru were very protective of Luke, and I think we're going to see that uh, play out in the Kenobi series for sure. And they were afraid of, of seeing what would happen to him, and they they were they almost similar to the Anakin thing where they wanted to keep him close and keep him sheltered and keep him protected, and you know don't worry about that. That wizard's a crazy old man, and do everything they can, almost like the Truman Show, to keep him away from branching out and wanting to leave mm -hmm. and wanting to keep him sheltered. And then when they die, he takes on this other found family of someone who inspires him, and but almost in in a in a. Uh, 
a selfish way from Obi-Wan Kenobi because he knew it was his job to get this kid, you know, make sure this kid was important and, and kept alive so that he can, you know, restore balance to the force. But then he finds all these people like you talk about, Lisa. Well, even Han, ben, even Leia, ben before and... you get there, too. Yes. Like Ben yes. almost becomes like yes. this like uncle character or whatever that he's like, Uncle Ben is always going to be there for me by the True. time the second movie True. rolls around or whatever. Now, Luke takes a similar path as Anakin because he's on Diego Ba, he's training, and he feels Han and Leia in trouble, and he wants to stop them from getting hurt. And it's the same exact thing that happened with Anakin, where he saw Padme's death in his dream, and he had to do anything he could to stop it. And Yoda told him, if you care about them, don't go. You know, and, and, and that's because he saw what Anakin did by being obsessed with that. And he said, don't go. And he still leaves. And what happens? He almost gets in the exact same situation Anakin did, except he he jumps and he leaves Vader instead mm-hmm. of joining him. You know, he he uh, gets his arm cut off. Vader's like, son. You know, he finally defines real family. He's like, oh my mm-hmm. God, you're my real father. I never had that. It's, the, the temptation must be out of control to be like, yes, I will go with you. You're my dad. I'll do anything. Because even people who hate their father, when their dad dies, they're devastated because you just love your dad. Yeah, and yeah. so he made he made the choice to jump still and went back to his found family, even though Leia, it turns out, is his sister, of course. But he, <laughs> but he, didn't he goes, yeah. All he these did weird not know that. All these are like, well, technically he was his family. <laughs> he didn't know that when he yeah, made the, yeah. the, the jump. And then so he made the choice to go back. And and uh, and reconnect with them. So there's a lot of those parallels, but it's all about those choices you make. And Luke made the right one, and Anakin didn't. And the fact that they were both on that bridge, and there's Anakin, who having gone through the dark side choice of it, trying to get his son to do the same thing, and his son doesn't bite, is powerful because of how much he loved that found family. So that it's all entrenched there. It's loaded in it, and it just it makes the whole thing the fact that this it's this family soap opera that important because yes it is technically a skywalker saga family soap opera but it's all the other people they meet along the way that they become family with that really develops these people into these characters Mm -hmm. right because ultimately it's not about where you come from and this goes from anakin and luke and ray it's not from the family that you come from it's who you decide to make your family that yes is what determines your destiny who you are as a person and your choices Yes. So I think yep. that that's more important often than where people come from. And, and you can see, you could say the opposite for Anakin or Ben Solo who made the wrong choice. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then there's a lot of other, like Han and Chewie, I find one of the most compelling because you have two people in the same situation who found each other. Just Chewie a couple was, of buddies. Chewie was, yeah, Chewie was isolated, imprisoned, literally underground Starving. in a cell. Yeah. Han gets thrown into the same exact situation and they help each other out to literally climb out of it and get out of it. And they bond over that and become their become a family. You know, Chewie had nobody. He even gets to the point where he's on Kessel and he finds family, his mm-hmm. actual family. And he says, no, that guy's my family now. I have to go. He puts his head against Sagwa's head and says, that guy's my guy now. He's my family now. And he goes with Han. And he's been with and he stays with them the whole time. All the way through the end, all the stuff they go through, all the way to the very end when Han dies, they stayed together. And it's because they both had similar situations where they had nobody, literally, and they found e- find each other, and they become inseparable. That Han, is the, the most tragic story is so, in Star Wars. <laughs> it's, so, it's so powerful. And that's why like, there's a throwaway line in The Force Awakens 
when Finn is like struggling with Chewie and Han goes, you hurt Chewie, you're gonna have to deal with me. And I'm just like, that is such a throwaway line in that movie. But it like hits me right in the friggin' chest when you think about all the things those two have been through. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Han is going through all this chaos up here in the cockpit. And he's like, if you you mess with Chewie, you're going to have to deal with me. Like mm-hmm. those two are inseparable and they're not obviously not blood related. They're different species and they're just brothers. And you like, it, it, I just love that because that's the that's the example in Star Wars of the best friendship. And, you know, and, you know, it's like even if for people who don't have kids. If you have a dog or a cat or a pet you love, it's that best friendship. Like me and Chubbs so many... flying the Millennium Falcon. There you go. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, James and his dog, me and my dog. Everyone has their own pets. Uh, whether even if you have a rabbit, who knows? But the point is that you find that bond, and it's 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 that's another pocket of Star Wars showing you found family. It's a different version of it, and I absolutely love that. I mean, Chewie, seriously, his story is so tragic. And at the end of Rise of Skywalker, you're like, okay, who's his best friend now then? Yeah. 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 I don't know. <laughs> Maz, <laughs> his Poor girlfriend. Chewie. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I was I was thinking the, the, the orphan angle definitely plays into a lot of it. I mean, we technically know now, I think, that like Han kind of ran away. Uh, he wasn't like necessarily orphaned or anything, but... His particular story is like because he was an orphan, he's continually finding different families. Like I think for a long time, his found family was Kira. For a time after that, his found family was uh, Chewbacca and even like Beckett, for instance. Like I think like when they're sitting around that thing, In he's Lando, like, I, yeah. I want to be this. I want to be part of this. Uh, what what Val Beckett Rio like? I like this, and I I I this is what I really want. Um, by the time you get to the end of that movie, yeah, he has Chewbacca, but we know over the course of forever, it's, it's him and Chewie thinking that they're going to be scoundrels for the rest of their lives and not realizing that what they really need in in their lives is this, uh, these other people, this, this, uh, thing to stand for, you know what I mean? Being part of the rebellion, the Um, the battle of Yavin moment where Han, uh, decides, you know what? I do care about that kid. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and so again, like the orphan thing, like, um, you know, Han's not the only one. I mean, obviously we, Ray, you know, we've talked about her, but uh, Finn as well, you know, being like, I think something about the journey of like, I don't, yeah, I don't feel like I have anybody, um, because my family isn't even that sure bet anymore because I just, they're not around. I don't have them. I'm orphaned. So needing to find those people, you know, Finn going through that process, um, Dio going through that process of being scared and alone. uh, And then, you know, finding the the people who will uh, oil his squeaky wheel, (laughs) you know, it's like something that's like very important uh, to an individual and a journey um, of feeling like, uh, it ties in very much with like the, just the general character arc where like uh, we see Ray alone. And then at the end she has family. We see Kylo uh, is angry and he's an enemy, an adversary. And then by the end he's good and he's, uh, he's helpful. You know what I mean? It goes into the arc as you find uh, the person that you really want to be and the people you really want to be around. Um, it helps yeah. build your own character. And that's something that's again, Speaking something of everybody does. Yeah, speaking of Lando, yeah. at the end of Rise of Skywalker, he has that found family moment with Jana, where she's like, I don't know where I'm from. And he goes, let's go find out. Yeah. Right. I can't wait to Imagine hear Imagine if the Lando is, series you know? is that. 
I don't know. I it's feel like her, he's too him old. Him and Jonna. I, that that would be. He's eighty two, eighty three now. That'd be tough. Um, I would I wouldn't hate it, but I love Billy D. And I I thought Naomi that would Aki be cool though. Her that and would him be cool. And I'm excited to see what that ends up becoming. And it's just I wish they would you know tell us at least like a timeline. I think I think. If they bring it back around, they're going to bring all those folks back and make them impact players, including Naomi Aki. And um, the, if she wants to, they'll bring Kelly Marie Tran back. And you know, they, I just feel like that line back. was such a specific line to throw in there. Like, let's. Well, find how about out. you, kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. And I was yeah. just like, hmm. And then I've been Some like people... sitting on all these shows that are coming out, and I'm like, I know they showed the Millennium Falcon, obviously, solo wise, like early yeah. Millennium Falcon, but. I mean, who's to say they didn't just throw that up there because they needed a picture of it and not because it related to what it was? Yeah. Because that's have a found confirmed. family right him, right there with him and the, Jonna. Right. And they haven't confirmed the Donald Glover yet. I know right. we're, we're te- teetering off. And he off, retweeted uh, it. The course here, but. And stuff. Yes. Sorry. Yes. I didn't mean to get and, off course. No, 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 no. And some people implied, oh, was Lando, could that be, is she Lando's daughter? Was he implying that? There's yeah. a lot of ways that they could look at yeah. that. But. Um, another example I, I want to bring up is uh, how Mando reluctantly uh, took on the child. Like he was had no interest. He was there to do a job. He was there to destroy or bring in the um, acquisition, which is the child. And he sees him. Bounty. And, and uh, yeah, so that that idea of like it's like finding the baby on your doorstep that someone leaves, and like nobody, you know. I don't want this kid, but I'm not closing my door. I'm a human being. And you mm-hmm. take in that kid and it's, that's the compassion version of the found family. He doesn't want it. It's reluctant. He's just doing it because he's a compassionate person. This guy's mm-hmm. a bounty hunter. He, he has a job to do, but he, something about him. It's like Han coming back uh, to the Death Star for Battle of Yavin. That's Mando when he's in the cockpit after dropping the kid off saying, I got to go back. I got to go get that kid. And that's his moment, you know? So uh, that's, it's, 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 again, it's the same trope and the same theme, but it's found in a different way by the character. And I like that they're finding new ways to do it. So when people are like, oh, again, with this found family thing, it's like, yeah, the trunk of the tree, but how each branch on it is completely different. And how Mando became family with Grogu is not through choice well it's through choice but it's not like i was yearning for this or looking for this and i don't know if grogu was either but they found each other and then by the end of season two we're bawling our eyes out because they told such a good story that we love these two and the fact that grogu is leaving with luke skywalker we should all be happy about that but we, we were all we wanted him- yeah. yeah we wanted him to come back we're like no don't take him away and that shows how strong that they built that bond so that that's another example but that one is rooted in compassion uh, and i love that i love how, how they did that with the mandalorian it, you know it's funny you say mandalorian too because it's like it's pretty much every character in that show kind of started as like an adversary. Like even you look at like IG 11, like adversary by the end, it's like found family. He means something. He's part of, he's mm-hmm. part of the group. Great mm-hmm. grief. Yes. Karga, yes. You know, you, we mentioned, um, uh, Grogu in that state. And, and even, even Boba when you Fett? get into, yeah, Bo- Boba Fett, Finnick Shand, you know what I mean? These are mm-hmm. people that Cara like, Dune, you have to yeah. bring that up. I mean, yeah. Quill. Uh, Bill Burr's character. Quill. Yeah, absolutely. Like all yeah. these people are for whatever reason, it, it might not even be like an adversary to begin with, but when you meet that character, you uh, you are running with this person shouldn't mean anything to me. 
They are just someone yeah. that I'm discussing, having a conversation with. I need th- them to help me with the thing or whatever. But then mm-hmm. by the end of it, when that character dies or that character is separated from the group or wh- however that, or, or just the realization that like, well, I'm going to stick it out with you, no matter which way you go, I'm going to go with you kind of a thing is that journey of found family, um, yeah. blood or not. It's yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, let's not forget, like from a real life perspective, most of George Lucas, if not all of his children are adopted. And I, you know, I think that's a very important thing to him. Uh, and, and I don't know if that was seeped into his storytelling. I'm not sure when he adopted his first child, but you know, it, the, these stories are very personal to George Lucas. All the stories he writes have some sense of his like life in them in, in some way, as far as I understand it, you know, JW Rinsler obviously touched on that when we interviewed him a few times. And uh, I, I think that aspect of it is very important because I don't I think most, if not all of George Lucas's kids, he adopted. And mm. that's obviously a found family. So that mm-hmm. that stuff obviously is seeped into the pages of, of the storytelling, even though he's not a part of it now. They've carried on that legacy, you know, J.J. through Ryan Johnson and, and, and to uh, these series and stuff like that. Like, I, I agree. You know, the Ray one is is important because she, again, like Luke is uh faced with real family at the end in terms of the temptation and she chooses ben solo and her family in finn and poe and everyone uh up there uh over taking the throne and she you know she could have taken that bait and she didn't um it's it's rejecting that temptation of and it's that almost abuse factor where you feel you're you're like guilted into I'm your real family. You don't reject me. Come mm-hmm. be with me. This is where you belong. And I Even can see- Even if it's toxic, yeah. Yes, and that happens all the time in real life. And mm-hmm. you know, people fall into those traps even when they subconsciously or consciously know it. They're like, this is wrong, but oh, I have to do this. Everyone's had those relationships, whether friendship or not, where you're like, this person kind of sucks. Like, why or, a rela- I- or a relationship, yeah. <laughs> why yeah. am I friends yeah, with this person? Doubt. And then they're like, there's something that you just keep going back even though you know it's bad for you. And and yeah. I know people dunk on, you know, a lot of people, well, I don't know what the percentages are in real life with fans with Rise of Skywalker. I happen to love the movie. And, you know, when she's about to go off to Pasana and Finn's like, no, we're going to go together. We're family. And they 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 say, like, you, you're not going to go alone on this. And then at the end, she gets back to Ajon Kloss and they have that hug and John Williams music kicks. Like, I get emotional every time I watch that scene. Mm-hmm. It's just It's just one of those things where, you know, they they had to wedge in that relationship in that third movie because they were separated. All three of them were separated in the second movie, so they really had to amp it up mm-hmm. in the third one. And mm-hmm. the, the jump from eight to nine was important because you could establish it and say, like, for the last year, they've built up their friendship. But I, I really loved the connection between Poe, Finn, and Rey in The Rise of Skywalker. I believed it. I bought it. I liked it. And it, I think that helped carry that part of the movie. The plot wasn't as important to me as the friendships and the relationships mm-hmm. and the characters. And that I always, I know I always think that brain first over plot, uh, maybe to a fault, but I think that's why I liked it so much. But I do like that they carried out that trope um, with Ray. And I'm still kind of tossing around the idea of how, if how different Ray's journey is from Luke's, whether maybe too similar or not, maybe you guys can 
can differentiate that better than me but it is similar in that way where she's obviously orphaned and she doesn't know where she came from really in that aspect of it um maybe a little too similar but i i still felt felt good about it you just i think with me and this comes back to a lot of my likes and dislikes with star wars is like i just want people to be happy and to be where they're supposed to be and like enjoying life and i know that there's a lot of trials and tribulations and challenges to get to that end point but uh you know the idea of people finding who they're meant to be with is just so moving and wonderful and why i love these stories and i think chewie and han are the best example i think of two people that just find each other that just sink and there are multiple times in solo a star wars story where chewie can leave or han can leave and they don't they always come back um yeah and that's why I think you see that moment on Han's face when Finn came back for Rey and Chewie goes, oh, he says, you came back for me. And they cut to uh-huh. Han and Han has this moment where he's like looking at her very moving. It's kind of the same thing. And he recognizes that that friendship is very yeah. similar to him and Chewie's friendship. It's two people that yeah. had nothing that now have everything in one other person. Um, yeah. And that doesn't mean it has to be romantic. It could just be a friendship. Oh, sure. And, yeah. and uh, also, too, just right on the top of that, because you're mentioning Chewie, um, I was watching Rise of Skywalker and Finn and Poe break through the door. And the first thing he says is, of course, we came back for you, Chewie. Of course, we came to yeah. get you. Yes, I love you. that. It just reminded yeah. me because John said, who's or I forget who said it, but like, who's his best? I think it was you, Lacey. Who's his best friend at the end of the movie? It's like, I don't know, man. Maybe it's Poe. Like him po and Poe, yeah, yeah, they, or they all of them. <laughs> I mean, I agree, I agree with that too. Probably Poe though, because Poe's been working with him in the Falcon and stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yep, yep. But I don't know. And, I, I, again, know, it, it, they all they all fall into the. All, he didn't just sure. come back for him because he's resistance, which they believe in. No, you know what I mean? Because like, he's Chewy. Yeah. But it, but it's Chewy. You know, what I mean, yeah. Of course, we're gonna come back for you. I yeah. wonder what Chewy said. He's like, I can't believe you guys are here. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was really moved. I think Jonas talked about it, how it I was mean, supposed to be like a very like, oh my gosh, you came back for me, moving moment, heartfelt yeah. moment. Um, yeah. And he has to see Han and Poe. That's very obvious. He has to see a yeah. little bit of Han and Poe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one, one angle, you know, we talked about Luke a lot, but we, you know, on the flip side, uh, we have to talk about Leia's journey because she had adopted parents she happened to be in a really royal situation where she had Mm -hmm, this uh mm -hmm. good upbringing and and this fortunate upbringing and she obviously didn't know much about her real family just you know images in her mind of her a real mom um but then her she literally watches her found family die with her fall apart real father holding her by the shoulders which is heavy heavy duty and she she like didn't know that at the time and then she has to go through the journey of uh leading at a very young age but at the same time uh finding herself um wanting to be with this crew this crew and this group and then she watches Uh, that fall apart yes right and and you know and then she has to like it uh, uh, last jedi where she says i've 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 had too many losses or something like that. I've mm-hmm. suffered too many losses. Mm-hmm. I can't take any more. And like Leia's journey is definitely tragic. You know, she, she's gone through a lot of loss and, you know, all the way through, uh, you know, uh, 
her adopted family on Alderaan through seeing what happens when I'd with say her the relationship most with Han, her son falling to the dark side, Han getting killed by her son. Uh, there's a lot of that. And then she has to become the mother figure to Rey. And that's, again, you know, that, that found family aspect. So Leia's journey is big in the fact that she had to experience found family, but also be people's found family too. Uh, so I, I was going to say, Leia's, go ahead. Leia's journey is a unique one in that regard. I think she yeah, has I was both, she's plays both sides of it. That Leia is interesting because she's all in, I mean, you could always figure out a way to make her kind of found family. But when I think of her, I think of her more as a constant character as opposed to, and I think that's because like when we meet her, she's always been, the rebellion like it's a hundred percent she didn't have to have like this big character thing the closest that i would say to come to that is obviously she had a little bit of conflict with luke at the beginning but the bigger one would probably be like she couldn't she banged heads with with uh or bum what's the term bumped heads or whatever with uh han all the time yeah and then butted heads yeah and then uh they eventually uh come around so i think like that that conflict to care is uh the journey there but i think just as leia if i just step back and look at her as a whole like she always seemed more of like a constant character to me uh in the way that like maybe padme was like which obviously is supposed to make sense like padme didn't i don't know she didn't have to find the uh the republic or something like that she was she that was part of her thing and she stayed constant to that the whole time um but a lot of these characters, they they tie in with more like being starting off in one place and later ending up in a completely different place. And um, Padme was very constant to me. Leia was very constant to me. Uh, Poe was very constant to me. That's why I, I connect Leia and Poe a lot uh, as like the sequel trilogies. Leia, I think that's Poe because yeah. um, they're the character that. Uh, you know, makes friends along the way, but definitely was always like, Absolutely. this is what I stand for. And in the last movie, they're like, this is, I'm telling you, this is what I stand for. They're hundred percent right. sure of themselves. Yeah. And there, there is one more good example of that has two actions that balance out this person's thing. And it's the Kylo Ren element because you have, Kylo Ren kills his real father to appease his found father, mm-hmm. his abuser in Snoke, mm-hmm. Palpatine, whatever. But, but he literally murders his real father to, to, to make his, his new father happy. Uh, and again, that, that, that's the abuse angle there. But then in The Rise of Skywalker, his real mother stops him from killing his found family in Rey. So it's like that weird how if you, if you put those two against each other, uh, it's the opposite. And then the last act of his real mother was stopping him from killing his new found family in Ray. And then, and then he, uh, you know, he comes to terms with his memory of his real father. Mm-hmm. And then he, he comes back to the light. So I always I, I kind of like that element of it where in the first movie of that trilogy, he does this for this person and then he kills the he kills the real family to appease his evil found family and then in the third one he uh doesn't kill his found family because of his real mother and i like that balance i I love that balance there 
Yeah, and, 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 and Vader great. similarly too. You know what I mean? Like trying to find yeah. his place in the world. He thinks that it's on the dark side, and his father yeah. figure Palpatine leading him the way that it is. And I mean, his found family ends this... up being his real family, Luke. But at the right. end of the day, I think it's more about what he finds is um, that connection that he thought he it was. Yes, what I set out to be versus where I ended up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Without a doubt. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's tons of examples and they're going to keep doing it and there's going to be more of them. And I don't subscribe to the, oh, they're doing this again thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's very important to star Wars. I think star Wars is a different franchise from your Marvels and stuff like that. And I think it's better storytelling than Marvels and stuff like that. I, I think it's, I think it's our modern mythology and I think it's very important. And I think re retelling or reusing those tropes, we just listed eight or nine different examples mm -hmm. and they're all reached and achieved and found in different unique ways. And I think that's a very important thing. That being said, I, I, I forgot about an example I was going to use. And that was just like generally that Marvel does do that a lot in the sense that like, uh, every Not one of like those Star Wars, in my opinion, I think every one of those characters were lost and confused, and and you know, Avengers, being... Guardians of the Galaxy, and, and that's what I'm saying. Yep. They they when they all get together, and you see all of the Avengers standing up there, like all five of them or whatever, and they're going around the circle. You think back to like Captain America being alone in Times Square, and he doesn't have anybody on his side. That's and fair. I think that a lot of those characters generally do like their big arcs are coming around to like, uh, you know, and what if we fail? Well, then we do that together. Family, yeah. yeah. We do that together too. Kind of thing. So I, I, yeah, I definitely think that I, I think that it's, it's not exclusive to star Wars. This whole concept is something no. that carries across, yeah. you know, to everybody. And I think, I think Disney knows it. <laughs> I mean, I they do it that, in all their movies. Think about exactly. it. Big Hero 6. Oh, yeah. 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 I think it's just kind of one of those things that like, uh, that's why it's a trope is like, you know that if you write a song with these four chords, it's going to be a hit. Um, Raya, kind of The it's Last just, Dragon. <laughs> I think, yeah. To, cl to clarify what I'm saying is, I think the, the way over time of a 40-year story mm -hmm. with star wars and the way one story affects the other through all of that and through that family in my opinion star wars uh it's deeper for me this is just me mm -hmm. saying that sure. is my opinion yeah. whereas yeah marvel does it like you said the animated movies do it, does it all mm -hmm. these movies do it but with star wars i think it's just because it's been this big chunk this big family soap opera for that long and what anakin did affected this infected that and then this happened and this happened like it's just uh it's, it's incredible i love it yeah so uh any final thoughts why don't we give our final thoughts here on uh this one lacy any uh or james real quick and then lacy and then uh we'll move on no james. i mean i i think i think we've said everything that we can at least at this point i'm sure there's going to be tons of stuff that listeners are like oh here's another example if you guys want to oh i hope so comments yeah. and or yeah, if you want to yeah. retweet this episode when it when it comes out uh or you're probably already listening to it go back and quote tweet it and say this is my favorite example or or how it has affected you in your own life that would be wonderful um right yeah nice lacy any final thoughts uh on this discussion um just that i think like I said earlier, this is my favorite theme in Star Wars. It means a lot to me as 
who I am. And I think that's why it connects with so many people as well. It's like very universal that people want to be loved. They want to connect with others. They want to feel like they belong somewhere. And I think Star Wars yeah. does that really well. So this was fun. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we kind of uh, found that here, you know, with the podcast and, uh, you know, our our listeners and Star there's Wars There's so many people general. that I want to hug next year and I don't like yes. to hug. So right. that tells me I do. <laughs> John is um, a hugger. Yeah. He tried to hug me the first time he met me and it went really bad. <laughs> yeah, I got, yeah, she side hugged me. Big side hug. <laughs> Uh, no, but yeah, it's, it's a very important trope and we hope you enjoy this conversation. Obviously, you know, we like to sometimes, uh, remind people that, uh, we can get deep with Star Wars. So we like to have these conversations, uh, not all the time, but we like to do them, uh, because it's a big part of it. And that, that's another aspect of loving Star Wars. Like Lacey said before, hell yeah, we love space battles and lightsabers and all that stuff too but we also really love the deep-rooted aspects of the storytelling so we hope you enjoyed this conversation let us know if you did share it with people like james said quote tweet it if you're on twitter leave a comment like the video subscribe all that good stuff but now we're not done yet because we're bringing back an oldie an old segment if you're an old listener of trb you're gonna remember this one this is a segment we call Is the Force With You? And Lacey is going to guide us through and hopefully we remember how to do this. All right. Yeah. So throwback. We acted surprised. You knew you, knew you were doing this. <laughs> I actually didn't, but that's okay. Uh, throwback. I This is one of those segments that I did when I first joined, joined the show. So that's kind of cool. Uh, is the Force With You? The Force will be with you. Always. So... Is the Force With You is our segment where we pitch a hypothetical situation and decide whether we buy or sell the idea by saying whether the Force is with us or not. I will read the scenario and we will each answer whether the Force is with us or not and briefly explain why. So, the somewhat situational, but not really. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lucasfilm will announce a new theatrical film or Disney Plus series. This doesn't include the Taika stuff the um patty jenkins stuff this is completely new Mm -hmm. at star wars celebration anaheim is the force with you james the force is not with me on this i would like it to be but i definitely think that that there's going to be so much stuff coming out of uh of uh celebration just with the already existing shows and properties that I would, I I don't know. I mean, I would like to be surprised, but I just think it's that news thing. They don't need another big theatrical movie. They can wait. They've already got five days of star Wars news coming out. They don't need another new show just to get uh, that show kind of drowned out. Mm. I, I, I would love the force to be with me, but it is not on this. John, is the force with you? Because of my horror of memory of having key lime smashed into my lemon nose, <laughs> eyes, lemon mouth, meringue. lemon meringue, when I thought that we were going to get the Obi-Wan Kenobi series announced at last celebration, I sadly say the force but is But they not saved with me. that till D23, though, right? It still came out that year. But not they a just celebration. Saved it. Right. Yeah. So for celebration, I'm going to say the force is also not with me. <laughs> unfortunately, I hope I am wrong, 
but I have to learn my lessons based on experience and that's all I can go by. So yes, Lacey, the force on this one is not with me. How about you? I'm going to say the force is with me. I love that. I think that the Patty Jenkins project would have been announced at Celebration if we were at Celebration. And I think that the Taika stuff would have been announced there. I think that video specifically for Patty was made for Celebration. And because Celebration didn't happen, they held on to it. So I'm going to say, yes, the force is with me. They like to throw out title slides and stuff. They did it with Rogue One. They did it with a bunch of other stuff in the past at Celebration. Oh, yeah. So can you clarify that? Have they... Did they do a, a, the first time announcing a big thing at a celebration before? I mean, they announced who Han Solo was going to be in Solo Star Wars Story at Celebration. But they have, have they announced this is a new movie? Or they this did is... announce Rogue One at Celebration. They announced Rogue One in 2015. Oh, yeah. oh they did? With, mm-hmm. the, with the opening crawl teaser, which is, I think, one oh, of the best teasers they've ever wow. made, where it zooms in on the... Yeah, they announced that, that there. That is good. And at the time, it was called the Anthology Series, and mm-hmm. then they changed right. that and made it a Star Wars Look, story. I hope, you're, I hope you're right. You know that. So They also had Josh Trank there talk about Boba Fett. <laughs> Yeah, Which I don't know if he actually yeah. went, but he and was. Yeah, yeah the, the the thing here is that, like, I think me and John were thinking big theatrical film, but, like, as things ramp up, there's always the possibility that they drop another Disney Plus show, which is a big deal, but it, it generally is maybe not as big of a deal I mean, as a can big you guys theatrical imagine, movie. Can you honestly imagine if they <laughs> announce a solo series that would be like, amazing what, and you know what, what? that's I, also I one of the die. reasons why the force is with me because i believe in it you believe in this they're gonna announce this solo too? yes i really hope so i will i will i will probably pass out or you'll probably sob and i can't wait to record it and then put it on the internet <laughs> <laughs> i will sob and it won't be fake it'll be no, real but- in Damn all seriousness, they have announced stuff at Celebration before, and I think that because they've announced stuff at D23 and they're moving Celebration to before D23, I think they'll hold on to some stuff for D23, but then they can also do all their Marvel stuff at D23 because there isn't a Marvel-specific event, and then that takes a little of the announcing away from D23 because then there's right. too much stuff there. So I'm going to say we- the force is with me. Where were you? Was were you at San Diego Comic Con when they announced the Clone Wars back coming back? I was in the room. Yeah, that was at San Diego Comic Con, though, right? Yep, yep. And they're not. They're not. Are they? Uh, oh, Celebration will be before San Diego Comic Con next year. If it's in the summer, yes, they have. And they're not gonna. They're not gonna do it at the. They're not gonna announce Star Wars at San Diego Comic Con anymore. Probably right. I think they're gonna save it for D twenty three. I think Disney doesn't want to cannibalize their stuff but it depends again man. how much they have to announce because they might spread it out oh man because well, at san I diego right. they did all that marvel stuff you know they announced it blade yeah. they announced all it, that it is marvel 2 it is true that a lot of the stuff that happens at san diego comic-con if they were to there if they were to go there for one thing they drop a new star wars thing they might like win the weekend with that news i think they'll stick to marvel though because it's mostly comic book stuff and i think that they'll stick to marvel at san diego and Mm -hmm. then save the star wars stuff for d23 all right um all right that was cool Yeah. yeah so can't wait to be right 
<laughs> All right. Well, we hope everyone enjoyed Is the Force with you. If you liked us bringing that back and you want to see it more, let us know. Of course, we like hearing the pulse of the people. Uh, like when they made uh, Sonic the Hedgehog not ugly in uh, that movie. Let us know in the comments or uh, on uh, in the YouTube video or on Twitter, wherever. If you're a patron in the Discord, let us know. Did you like the return the nostalgia of is the force with you on trb so uh thanks for that and uh thanks for just being a part of the resistance we really appreciate it um we want to uh make sure you're subscribed on all your preferred platforms whatever your preferred audio podcast platform is or of course the youtube channel youtube.com slash star wars news videos we will be doing a live show monday night on make solo 2 happen day 8 30 east so make sure you join us in the live chat we're gonna be celebrating the heck out of that day uh no matter how crazy it goes or what number if it goes viral if we if we chart we're going to be celebrating solo and 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 letting our voice be known that we want more solo and we know you're going to be part of that so we appreciate that so get involved monday with the hashtag and of course we'll see you right here on the channel 8 30 live east um uh and uh i want to send a thank you to our patreon generals of course uh the best carmelo andrew staley jeremy myers neil shaw david probus john reesey micah harrison Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Kendall Gellner, Paul Olson, Jake Houchins, Jeff Connery, Oliver Lewis, Dave Hornack, Frank Grande, Ryan Wara, Hass Islam, Joe Ritchie, Darth Hurricane, Timothy Hill, and Val Trichkov. Woo! The best. Thank you all so much. Uh, StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, StarWarsNewsNet.com, and my movie podcast. Speaking of nostalgia, just like the movies on your favorite audio podcast app. Uh, we're doing Jurassic Park next. Uh, so if you're a fan of that, the original movie. Hold on movie, to your butts. Hold on to your butts. Uh, Lacey. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. And I'm trying to make a little too happen on Monday. Uh, James. <laughs> uh, Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks and also reviewing Bad Batch episode four coming out tomorrow. You guys want to check that out. Nice. Right on. All right. So, yes, we hope you have a great weekend. Get uh, get your energy because Monday is going to be a big time. And we'll see you Monday on Make Solo 2 Happen Day and Monday night for the next episode live of the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids.